Welcome back to the Pause Up Podcast, episode 44. I am, as always, joined by my co-hosts, Jake Gibson and Jonathan Mayer. And, fellas, we're here with a very special guest, QB1 of FIU football, Miami Central High legend, none other than, how, as we all know him. Lights out! Lights out! We are here with Kiwan Jenkins. Kiwan, what's up, my guy? We're very excited to have you on. What's up, Kevin? Alrighty, let's get it going. So, Kiwan, obviously, FIU, you're here with us, but take us back to when you first touched the football. When was that time you first remember playing peewee football? And when did you know this is something that you wanted to continue doing, you know, moving forward? I first picked up a football at around one or two years old. And I used to play like around the house with my dad and my mom and my older brother. And I started playing football at the age of three. Uh, my dad was the head coach, he started coaching me. And I fell in love ever since. Yeah, man. Uh, so w- w- when you first began playing football, perhaps at that peewee level, you know, what made you decide to pursue being a quarterback? Was it advice from fans, family, friends, family, or coaches, or maybe a bit of inspiration from your favorite NFL players growing up? I never wanted to be a quarterback. Uh, I always wanted to play safety, like oh. Sean Taylor. That was my role model growing up, uh, Sean Taylor. I started off on the offensive line, though. But I had number 21, and then I moved to defensive back and then running back, and then I became a quarterback. Wow. And I played quarterback and corner both ways until I got to high school, and I just stuck with quarterback. I know for your journey um, in Miami High School, obviously, you first went to Carroll City, and then you moved over to Miami Central. Talk a little about that process of why you decided to move to Miami Central and you know continue on your playing career there. Well, uh, Miami Central, it was a program, you know, I knew it was dominant. Uh, you know, we hear the name a lot in the city. And my coach from Optimus, he was a coach at Miami Central, and he was recruiting me to go over there Like ever since I came to the Ravens. I was supposed to go my freshman year, but, uh, you know, I saw opportunity, wanted to take it. And then, you know, they ended up after the season, after my freshman season, they ended up recruiting me, having talking to me. A couple of players wanted me to come over. And, you know, I just made the decision. I felt like it was – best for me and um, the team as well. You know, it turned out great. I had a great three years there. One of the best decisions I ever made. Talk about your experience at Miami Central. Obviously, I mean, one of the best passing quarterbacks in the Miami Dade recent history, you know, undefeated. Talk about your experience there um, at Miami Central, you know, for your last three years. Since it just felt like home. Like, since the first day I got there, the coaches, the players, staff, administration, everybody welcoming you with love, and you get treated so equally. Uh, the opportunity is always there uh, to present itself, and everybody just felt like, you know, a big brother, a big sister, or a mom and dad, you know, as far as the coaches and, like I said, staff administration. But my three years at Miami Central was like no other. Uh, I wish I could get it back, but I can't. Uh, it was just amazing. Kiwan, obviously you were there for three years, but you know, those three years, you never lost a football game. You were champions for a couple of times. And, but you know, despite the success you were having, you didn't receive much, you know, interest from recruits or and much of that. You only ended up with three offers. What would you say was kind of the reasoning that maybe recruits shied away from you? And then eventually you made your decision to go to Auburn originally. I say my height because I'm not the average six, four, six, five quarterback. A lot of colleges looked away. But I got a lot of colleges to come down, you know, look at me, see what uh, I could do. I took a lot of colleges on the board, like Alabama, Rutgers, and a few others. I impressed them on the board, but, you know, I guess I didn't pass that size barrier. You know, I didn't pass the eye test. That's what they call it. 
And then take us through that first decision. You go to Auburn. You know, you decide to commit to Auburn. What was what was it about that school that originally made you decide to to you know play the next four years over there? Auburn was my dream school growing up. Uh, you know, from watching Cam, uh, and then one of my favorite athletes ever, Sharif Cooper. He went there uh, not too long ago, and then the atmosphere was just different over there. I went to the Texas A&M game November twelfth last year. That's when I got the offer. And then it just felt different. Uh, I like the weather there, cold. And the fans were just being Auburn fans, you know, uh, in the stadium, outside the stadium. It just felt, you know, like a place to be, a place I could call home. And then eventually, what made you decide to flip that commitment at FIU? Uh, when Hugh Freeze came in the office, uh, he wanted me to walk on. And I wanted to take a walk on over uh, um, for a scholarship, no day. And... Coach Mack and Coach Jones, they stayed recruiting me like heavy. Even though I decommitted and flipped Auburn, they still was recruiting me even after that. So I know, like, the love was real and they really wanted me here. Well, uh, Kiwan, now that you have that uh, whole recruitment process behind you, I just want to know because uh, FIU is really banking on um, improving uh, recruitment and all that. Is there any advice that you could offer to those high school football players, uh, especially the ones here in South Florida? Of course, there are plenty that that might be going through this soon or is will be in the process of being recruited i say stay patient stay focused and just go where the love is real and not where you want to go or where you think is just go where the, you feel like it'll be the best fit for you and best position for you to succeed in life not only in football you know uh, somebody that cares about your future for football after i mean life after football because football don't last forever and i know coach mac those those type of guys that care about you after football, even when it ends, you know, because they want you to get your degree so you can work and get whatever job you want when football's over. All right, Kiwan, so so let's um, move forward a bit to the spring camps, right? That's when you first arrived on campus and got, uh, campus and got it going there. So, you know, right away, what was the first thing that um, either you or the coaching staff noticed that you felt like you had to improve on in order to play the col- play college football at the high level that, of course, you're used to playing at? First off, I'm going to say my strength. Uh, you know, when I came in the spring, I wanted to get bigger. I was off back, I know, because I know if the game's going to be faster, a lot of people are going to be stronger, bigger. And I already came in small, you know. So I really wanted to improve in uh, my, my weight and size first, and then probably speed and IQ came after that. Everything else. Johnny? Johnny, you're muted, my guy. Okay, I was going to ask about um, just more about the spring. What what are some things that maybe, you know, you learned and obviously, you know, a quarterback room, you obviously Grace James, who just left and all the best to Grace. And what are some that you learned from a lot of the veterans um, in that spring period when you first got got to FIU? Well, I learned a lot. The, um, I didn't know the playbook like well when I first got there. I was trying to understand like the plays and signals, but Excuse me. They was helpful with me. Uh, the older quarterbacks like Hayden, Grayson, Amari, and Kojos, you know, they stayed on top of me, helped me with the playbooks. Um, also, Stone and Solomon, they was helping me a lot, like, off the field, on the field, just helping me trying to grasp the playbook. And then, you know, we were just reps out the reps. Uh, you weren't going to be perfect, but take advantage of the reps and then just get better and improve day by day. And one thing I can say, um, spring coming in early, in the spring, it helped me a lot like, with the playbook because I feel like if I came in in the summer, I wouldn't have new like, stuff I knew by the time I knew it. 
All right. Well, during the spring camps or the fall camps, uh, do you think you ever had that sort of, uh, you know, welcome to college football moment that you experienced? If, if it wasn't the spring camps specifically, uh, what moment in the season would you say that you got that for got that feeling for the first time? Definitely fall camp. Fall camp, it made me like question: Do I want to still play football? Uh, it was the workouts. The workout got crazy in fall camp, and then we was here almost twenty four seven from like six to six. And then after that, you know, call with the coaches, get on the phone with Coach Yosef, or Coach Mac, get talk to me. So it was basically like constant communication with the coaches. And, you know, and if you're not like mentally strong, it's not for you. Obviously, one of the big storylines throughout, you know, spring and fall was that you were taking the second team reps. And eventually when that week zero depth chart came out, you were the back quarterback to Grayson. What were the conversations like with the coaching staff leading up to that week zero game? Did you have an idea that you were going to be backing up, you know, Grayson? Because at the end of the day, you, you were over the depth chart, you know, with some guys that have been there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I didn't know where I was at on the depth chart. I just knew, like, as the game time started to get closer – I started to get a lot of reps with twos and uh, ones and twos. And I see the week before our first game or the week of, Coach Matt put me uh put me out of a quarterback meeting and told me, like, hey, oh, we're going to start Grayson this week um, coming up because, you know, he had a few bad practices. So I'm guessing, I'm assuming that I was supposed to start uh week one, but I wasn't practicing good. And I was like, okay. And he was like, stay ready. You know, uh, be a good teammate, be a great player. Uh, just keep being who you are and support him. And I was, uh, that's what I did. And then the following week, he t- it was a Wednesday. I-, I won't forget it. It was yeah. a Wednesday. I woke up and I got a text from Coach Joe's. He was like, when you get here, Coach, see Coach Mack. I was like, all right. So when I got to the facility and when I got to the facility, I went to see Coach Mack. He was like, hey, uh, we're going to start you this week. Uh, you know, behind you, just play your game. Did, did you have a feeling that was going to come the week after that you were going to be this, you know, at one point named that starting quarterback? No, I had no idea. I, I, I didn't have no idea. Not going to lie. And for you, obviously, that main game was the start for you. You guys won that game 14 to 12. Talk about you pregame. You know, do you have any nerves where you're a little, you know, meaning, you know, the little jitters of your first game under center? But what was that like to be able to? Knowing that you know your first game in Division One as a starter at the FBS level, I didn't think too much of it, you know, because it's football at the end of the day. So I knew I just go out there, play my game, try to turn the, turn the ball over, and just you know help my team best way as possible. I'll probably play like come out successful and play my best game. Uh, I wasn't nervous. Uh, what happened? I think I want to say I was more nervous uh, La Tech game than I was man. Wow. Cause it was like the first, like my first first game, first experience. But man, y'all wasn't nervous at all. There you go. And then you think about that time, that that stretch for you guys early the season. You know, you beat Maine, you beat North Texas, you beat UConn. You're three and one. Um, you know that that three game winning streak. You guys were clicking. And for you, I mean, you had some really really nice, you know, highlight plays in that stretch. What were some things that you enjoyed during that that win streak? And maybe how much maybe it helped you kind of get eased into the game. Um, you know, early in the season. I'll say my teammates was probably the biggest impact on that. Um, they stayed by my side, like, even when I was doing bad and even when I was doing good, they was definitely, like, cheer me on. Like, hey, no matter what, you know, keep going. You're playing great, this and that. And they was, like, really my confidence booster. And then we just hit that that, that wall. We started losing. And they stayed, like, they stuck with me throughout the whole season. 
uh, coaches too, and they told me to go out there and play my game. But um, I wasn't on the high horse at all. I stay humble. I'm always be humble. But that um, the when we started off hot, like we got on our three game win streak, honestly, it was exciting. I lie. To win my first three starting games, that was crazy. Especially no, it, it's an amazing achievement. We were yeah. all blown away when it happened, but it, it was just so cool to see. But uh, following that UConn win was, of course, the uh, the homecoming game against Liberty, which sort of began uh, with mm-hmm. the exception of the LaTeX game. The uh, most of the conference USA stretch of the season, right? And a lot of it, unfortunately, didn't go in FIU's favor. So, just wanted to know, uh, what do you remember the most about that portion of the season, in contrast to how your time began with that three and zero record? I say it felt longer. Like everything just felt longer. Like the practices felt longer. Uh, the day just felt like it was going slower, you know, just because like we was losing. But when we was winning, everything was like flying by. You know, you having fun with it. You, know, you didn't think too much of it. But when you start losing, it's like, yeah, um, you know. But you got to be mentally focused, like all the way through it. What you learn about yourself during that stretch? Obviously, you, you know, leading up to that, you know, that first game that you lost as a starter, you had never lost. You know, mm-hmm. getting back to high school. So, what was it like to, you know, what you learn about yourself throughout that stretch? I learned I'm a great teammate. You know, like. Uh, and a great leader, as I thought I was. And, um, you know, always got to keep, like, my composure uh, through hard times, even, like, when you're doing good, when you're doing bad. And I know, I, like, I'm that teammate that I always keep my other teammate head up uh, in times of doubt and bad times. You know, when we was losing, I go to, like, my teammate, like, hey, we good. Keep your head up. You know, it's going to be all right. Or, you know, we got it next week. You know, just cheering them on, basically. You know, yeah. out of all the positions that – uh, suffered due to either injury or off the field issues for FIU towards that part of the season, the offensive line may have gotten hit the worst, right? With a suspension to John box. So you had to rely on Ming to John all of a sudden, not to mention Jacob piece as well, man. So what was it like for you having to adjust to a, a new offensive line scheme in almost every other game around the latter end of that season? It was really just building that trust early in the week in practice, you know, knowing that they know their assignment and not, you know, mess up or, like, not make too many mistakes, you know, being that, you know, they filling in or having to step up into a role. But it's always next up mentality with Coach Mack. So, you know, if a guy goes down here, we expect that guy behind him to step up and make plays for us, you know. But it was really, like, gaining trust because, you know, those are the guys that protect me. My life is in their hands. You Now you've kind of wrapped up that first season. Uh, you looked at the conference that itself. You played every single team in the conference USA. What were your original impressions? And, I mean, this is a conference that, for the most part, was pretty dang good. I mean, Liberty now undefeated during the Fiesta Bowl. New Mexico State made a bowl game. Western Kentucky just had a huge comeback that's in their one, bowl yeah. game. Yeah. So just what were your original impressions? Because this is a conference that's going to continue growing. We have Delaware and Kennesaw State coming in the next two years. Uh, I say this it's a pretty tough conference. A lot of people may look at it like, oh, it's Conference USA, you know, they're not that good. But, you know, as you see, New Mexico State went up there and beat the SEC team, Auburn. And we almost beat Arkansas, you know, if we would have played like, had a few more plays that worked out here and there. But it's not like a sweet conference, you know. Conference USA is pretty tough. What were, your, what were your thoughts on that Arkansas game? Obviously, first SEC action. This was a team you thought originally you were going to be playing on the year on the year to year basis. What was it like mm-hmm. in that point? And, you know, at one point you guys had a pretty good lead. I see the Arkansas game. I knew they was going to come in thinking like, oh, it's FIU, so they weren't going to play as hard, you know. So we knew like we had a chance because we was a sleeper team, and then we did we did have the lead at a point, and then 
But my mindset the whole game was just control the game, control the ball, you know, like stay on top, like stay up, uh, how you call it? Stay in front of the chains, basically. Um, but then, you know, we just couldn't like find our groove like midway through the game, like third and uh, second quarter. All right, so it's probably um, a difficult que- uh, question, but if you had to pick one specific game from that season that you felt like you were the most proud of, of how you did and how uh, the the players around you did, what would it be? Sam Houston, for sure. Yeah, I'll... Is, like not not even close, or is there yeah. some competition, or is it just absolutely that Sam Houston? Yeah, it's, it's not even close because you know we we fought that game like to the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, even when like I had that big turnover, you know, um, yeah. I didn't think it was over. I was telling my coach, I was telling myself like I'm gonna get it back, I'm gonna get it back, and then you know I went out there, got it back. Um, fourth and eighteen, who would have thought? Uh, scramble for twenty two yards, you know, get the first down. It was crazy. But everybody kept fighting, kept pushing, and then you know we, we came out victorious. That was a great team win. What do you say? You know, I've, I've also. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead, Jake. I I um I asked some members of the coaching staff this, and some players as well, and it's been a sort of a d- decisive answer. But Wednesday night football. Just what are your thoughts on it? Having to play a few games on Wednesday night. It's just a weird time, in my opinion, to play football. But what were your thoughts? Wednesday, I've, I've never played on a Wednesday, but you have to adjust, you know, like I'm good at adjusting to certain things. It really didn't affect me as much, you know, because, you know, it's football. You show up and you show out uh, if you're a big-time player. But uh, it, it just felt kind of weird, you know, like, yo, Saturday is like a Wednesday and Sunday is like a, you know, Thursday and stuff like that. So it just felt weird, but it, it's nothing wrong with the Wednesday game. I want to quickly go back to that Sam Houston game. Would you say that's the best the offense looked in that two-minute drill leading up to that fourth and 18 and fall, that final drive? Would you say that's probably the best the offense looked throughout the whole season? Um, I don't think so. But that was probably one of our best two-minute drill situations, i say. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. Is it time for a very quick break, Kevin? A hundred percent. Let's do it. All right, then let's do a real quick pause up podcast news break. Very quick look at some of the latest events going on in FIU athletics and just FIU in general. So let's start off with softball. All right. Uh, A couple weeks ago, the team announced the signings of four players who are set to join the team to begin the season this upcoming spring semester. That includes Natalie Burns, a catcher from Bloomington, Indiana, along with pitcher Grace uh, Hill. Helbling, excuse me, from Bedminster, Pennsylvania, uh, outfielder Callie Meredith from Kaukauna, Wisconsin, and shortstop Zamia McBurrows from Lake Wales, Florida. Keep in mind that I believe earlier today the softball team revealed the full schedule for this upcoming season. They will begin uh, by hosting the Clemson Tigers on Thursday, February 8th at 5.30 p.m. Uh, at Felsberg Field. Best of luck to all of the new recruits. Moving on to swimming, where an FIU Panther recently made some uh, swimming history in the U.S. Paralympics Swimming National Championships. On day two of the meet during the women's 50-meter freestyle, sophomore Gia Pergolini achieved a time of 30.32 seconds, which not only netted her first place in the event, but also turned out to be a new world record in that category. So a big congratulations to Gia for that amazing accomplishment. 
And finally, in the world of FIU architecture, a group of students from the Master of Architecture program recently completed a slew of brand new structures for the Kampong, which is a nine acre landscape in Coconut Grove founded by David Fairchild. The project titled Lumina is a multifaceted set of sculptures, benches, and more that's meant to resemble the transformation of a caterpillar to a butterfly, which doubles as a haven for butterflies to pollinate the nearby flora. And again, all of this was designed by a hardworking team at FIU Architecture with a set mission. So congrats to the team on the finished project. And there, I promised, was your very brief look at Newsbreak. As I, Kevin? It's not letting me change it back. What? It's not letting me. <laughs> try on your end. Okay. Uh, all right, you know, I have a great... Oh, God. Oh, there we go. Okay. Hey, we fixed it. All right. Go for it, Jake. All right. Kiwan, uh, you know, maybe it's not the healthiest thing to look back at a previous season and just think about all the what ifs. Sometimes Kevin and I, we've done it before, but, you know, just what are your general thoughts on how that season turned out, including any potential what ifs you may or may not have? Repeat the question, please. Yeah, uh, so do you have any uh, – what are your general thoughts on how that season – on how the uh, the season just turned out, including if you have any what-ifs that you still think about? I don't really, like, have any what-if situations. You know, in the past, in the past, you know, I like to move forward. But, you know, it was a couple games I feel like we should have won. You know, if not, like, came close to even winning. But um, as far as, like, my performance, I feel like – I could have played a little bit, bit better, like midway through the season during those mm -hmm. times that we lost. You know, I feel like I could have did better on my part. Uh, I don't like pointing fingers, but um, we could. I feel like we could have won a few more of them games that we had lost. Yeah, I know you talk about past in the past, but now moving forward, you know, we get set, you know, amping up for, for spring ball. Obviously, now more of the you know, you know, working out and the conditioning setting in January. But what are some things you want to work on in the off season? To kind of get ready for spring ball and, and looking ahead to to your sophomore season. I say get my arms stronger and getting faster, uh, speed wise, and uh, getting a little bit deeper into my playbook so I know like the ins and outs and uh, check downs and check you know what to check into and what to check out of uh, when in doubt or in like different situations to help my coach out a little bit because you know he doesn't see everything that I see on the field so I can make those checks here and there, but. Mostly getting my arm stronger because, you know, I didn't feel like it was strong enough, even though, you know, I've made th good throws here and there. But it can't be stronger, so I'm getting into those tight windows when I need to. Yep. So I want to ask about Chris Mitchell. Uh, obviously, goes to Notre Dame, but you were his quarterback for the whole, almost the entire season. And he mm -hmm. now, ha you know, stands at the top of the FIU record books at the most receiving yards in a single season. What was that relationship like with Chris and – just how important was he for your first season, you know, in college football? Me and Chris, we bonded off the field before we started bonding on the field, you know, because we had something in common, uh, which is the way, you know, that's like one of our favorite rappers. And like, we would be in the locker room, uh, I'd say like in the springtime, like seeing him get young boy, like in the shower, uh, we'll be singing like young boy. Uh, every time I see him, I call him like, you know, what's up, 10 or like slime ball. But, um, but before we started bonding on the field, we bonded uh, off the field, and then you know the connection just kind of grew. Like we'll be throwing out the practice some days, getting extra reps, and you know just getting like familiar with the timing and stuff like that. But I'll say, uh, he was an amazing player, great player.
Um, he was hurt, uh, I think, halfway through the season, but he pushed through it strong. Um, he's not the biggest, uh, but, you know, he's quick. He can run by, you know, great hands, and he was a great playmaker for me this year. I give him that. But I'm just happy for him, you know, to see, you know, take a step forward in his life. Talk to us a little bit about uh, about David Yost, your offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Just how big was he for this for your first season? What's the relationship like with him, and what are some things you want to learn about his offense moving forward? Cause yo, that's my guy. So, cause yo, that's, that's like one of my dads. You know, uh, I get excited talking about cause yo, but um, he's real cool, real chill dude. Um, he uh doesn't do too much yelling at me, you know, cause we get along great. Uh, I don't say like I don't mess up too much with him. But um, I'm always on this good side. But as far as, like, plays and stuff, uh, I love his playbook. I love, like, what he thinks. You know, I, I got the ability to think what he's thinking. And we mostly on the same page. But um, my first year here with Coach Jules, I say it was good. But I feel like next year it's going to be, like, way even better. Fantastic. Uh, So we literally just had Adam Benna on the show to – talk to us about the blueprint collective a little bit and how you're mm-hmm. one of the founding members, of course, along with Arturo Dean and Deshaun getting some basketball. So uh, not to mention that skills camp you uh, held back in August as well. So just talk a little bit about how you're uh, about your uh, time with it so far, including your initial uh, impressions when Adam first brought it up with you. Uh, the blueprint is great. Great. And I have uh, collective great, like all around uh, coach Adam and coach G those great guys, great dudes, you know, uh, my dad know him. We, they came here, we sat down, we talked almost every day, you know. But uh, it's a great marketing, you know, to get your name out there. And, like, my time with uh, the Blueprint, it's been great so far. Uh, I've been able to sign a few deals. Uh, but being that I'm a freshman, I couldn't sign, like, too many. But uh, it's been great so far. So far, so good. And it's going to get even better. I know that. I just touched on it a little bit with Chris Mitchell, but, you know, you still have Gene Patterson. You have more incoming wide receivers, hopefully through the portal and recruiting. Just how important is it going to be for you to kind of get, you know, get the sense of these new guys that are coming in? And especially, you know, with the guys that are already here, how important is it for you to kind of build that bond with them, given that, you know, Chris Mitchell was your go-to guy, but when you needed a big play, so at Dean and you still made a couple big plays with a lot of guys, Eric Rivers also coming back for another year. Just how important is it going to be for you this off season to kind of bond with those guys and, Form that relationship. Honestly, it's gonna be big. You know, uh, it's gonna start in the spring and in the summer. Um, that's where you get that time to build connections and build like the timing with the receivers. But I say I don't have a go. I never had a go-to guy. Chris was just you know one of the guys who got open the most. I say, but I don't have a go-to receiver. But uh, we had a lot of great guys that made plays this year. Like you said, Dean Patterson, every Eric Rivers, uh, Jalen Bracy, and a few other guys like that. But uh, I say the connection and time to be like most important in the spring and in the summer, like mostly the whole off season. But those guys, especially the incoming guys or guys that don't even know they're coming here yet, but you know, that's going to get here. Uh, who are just before you're going to wrap some, uh, some rapid fire questions, who are some of the wide receivers that kind of impre- have impressed you throughout the course of the year in practice or even during games themselves that we may not know of some underrated guys, you could say. Uh, Jacoby Matthews. Uh, you heard a lot. I'll say that. Um, who was Mike Jack? You got Samaj, uh, Luby, Maurice, um, yeah. Kyle, and I want to say there's one more. Oh, Dylan Red. He he played, uh, like I think a drive middle 10 game. Okay, 
Yeah, yeah Ludwig Maurice made a made a pretty. I think it was you who threw it to him. I believe it was in uh, on it was fall. Hayden. It was Hayden. the 50, Oh, it was Hayden. All right, the fifty-fifty ball there during, during fall. Yeah, that was that was a nice catch. And then I know he played a lot during the start of the season as well. So yeah, definitely some good names. So Kiwan, we're just about to wrap up here. We're just going to go into a couple rapid fire questions. And Jake, I'll let you start it off for us. Yeah, so we we asked this to um, every every player, regardless of sport, and uh, I I believe I told you uh, before the show we had spoken with Chase, we had spoken with Jax Madal. They have both given us different answers. So now I want to know from you, who is the funniest player on this football team? The funniest player on the team? Oh man, I want to. Oh, JoJo Evans. All right, JoJo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a. It's not even a debate. Well, you know, you got like guys in that top five, but he, he right. definitely. Who's the offense though? On the offense. On the offense, if it's not me, I want to <laughs> say um. If it's not me, I want to say uh, Key John. Right. Yeah. I want to get. I want to get to know though. Uh, what sport that you you like besides football? Aside from football, what's another favorite sport you got? I like basketball. I like uh bowling. You know, bowling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm a bowling guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm a bowling guy. What's uh, your top score? What's your highest score? Not a three hundred. I don't record my high score, but I be like, I always get over like a one sixty. That, that's solid. That's that's yeah. solid. Two hundred? Yeah. Never two hundred? No, nah, I think I hit two hundred a few times. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, a few times. Okay. It so, it was one time. It was just like strikes and spares. Yeah, I'm tough. You know what I'm saying? I'm tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have your own ball? Say it again. You got your own ball? Your own bowling ball? Nah, you know, I ain't, I ain't that deep. You know what I'm, <laughs> I'm tough. And baseball, that's another sport I like. Baseball, all right. If they put you on the FIU basketball team, how many points do you think you're dropping? Probably like eight with like eight assists and probably four steals, two rebounds. Yeah, I'm close Our, to it. Or stat line then. All right. Yeah. Um, Kiwan, I want to ask you who has the best music taste on the football team, and then who has the worst music taste on the football team? I got the best music taste on the uh, football team because I know hip hop, country, classic, R and B, you know everything. The 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 worst, all the punters, all the punters, <laughs> all the punters. All the punters. Dang. Yeah, all the punters. What does your playlist have? Oh no, it's like. I don't know if it's country music or like reggae or something, but it's like slow and it just sounds like crazy. Do, do right. we know Mike McIntyre's playlist? Nah, but he'll turn on some young boy here and there. Actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go back, buddy. All right. All right. Well, uh, I again, I, I always ask this to the players. What Where on campus is your favorite spot to A, hang out, Mm-hmm. And B, uh, grab a bite to eat. My favorite place on campus to hang out, probably my room. Yeah, most likely, yeah, my room. And the grab something to eat, Tropical Cafe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For all the athletes, the Bahama Mama, smack. And then you got to get the chicken Caesar salad wrap with no tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. By the way, I I did want to know you you, you had uh, mentioned Sean Taylor as being uh, your favorite NFL athlete growing up, but like you, you look at the NFL now, who would you say are are some of your uh, favorite players um, in the NFL today? 
now, today, to keep you the butt, uh, I don't watch football. Like, I don't watch the NFL. I watch wow. college. Yeah, I don't, I don't watch, like, NFL. I watch college football in high school, but I don't, I don't watch the NFL. <laughs> Damn, you don't like you don't root for the Dolphins. You don't. No, no, no Dolphins. My my dad a Cowboys fan. Ooh, oh. all right. Yeah. They're playing the Dolphins on Sunday, so. Yeah, no, uh, no Dolphins. Who are some of your favorite college football players? That's you know outside of the FIU. You know, Bo Nix. Love that guy. Um, top pick probably. Yeah, Bo Nix. Like that. Who else? Um. You got it's, it's name was name was name was name. What team? Uh, Ohio State. Marvin. Maserati Marvin. Yeah. Um, Patrick Payton. That's my guy. Uh, Yuki Brown, Tulane, and it's probably like two more. Uh, I can't think of right now. Nah, you're good. So no. just to wrap it up, uh, we always ask this to every every player. Uh, who should be the next FIU football player we bring on this podcast? Anyone, if if you could choose anyone to be on on this podcast, who would? Who would be? Jordan Clemens, the running back, freshman running back. Oh yeah, all right, <laughs> okay, we'll get him on for sure. Clemens, if you're watching, I mean, all right, now you know, now you know. Yeah, yeah, G one, you next. I believe I I um asked you this. I believe it was the post game press conference after the North Texas game. You were rocking the Biscayne Blues. I asked you the nicest FIU uniform, Biscayne Blues or Vice. You said, uh, "Wait until the Vice game." Now that the season is gone, now I get to actually ask you the nicest FIU football uniform. Was it the Biscayne Blues or was it the Vice? It was the Vice. It was definitely the Vice. The Biscayne Blues, they was tough. The Baby Blues was tough, but the Vice is definitely the hardest. There we go. Yeah. And it's like a once, you know, one-time thing. You won't see them again. Yeah. 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 By the way, um, you you, you had talked about uh, the origin of the nickname, Lights Out. I believe this is going to be like the Cliff Notes version. It was when you were playing 2K, 2K with friends mm-hmm. way before uh, time at FIU. I think high school football as well. I, as someone who also plays 2K, I want to know how good are you, man? Who's your favorite team to go at at 2K? What's your custom team? Look, right, I stopped playing 2K like a while back. Like, I don't play games anymore, but this is when I used to play with Chicago. Uh, the Bulls they had Tony Snell, uh, Derrick Rose, and stuff like that. I used to play with them, and I used to play with like the Knicks sometimes. But I was a game. Like, people would think like, oh, you playing with Chicago, you're going to lose. Like I the 2010 games. Yeah, but I was nice. But when I was like creating my player, it was that that was one of the nicknames. And I chose Lights Out. Mm. Love it. Yeah. I, I just realized, I, I, I do remember that too. When you when you created your custom character, the announcers would say, yeah. Lights Out. Like, I, I always went easy breezy. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel Lights Out. That was well, are, are you going to pick up the new um, – NCAA college football game that's supposed to come out next summer. I'm debating. Yeah, I'm, I'm debating. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Johnny, uh, you got anything else, my man? Yeah, I got one more. I want to know. Obviously, you know, season has come to an end. What was your favorite moment of this season for you? Uh, I'll say the excuse, the off the field bonding. Uh, we went out a few places, 
um, just as like players, coaches, and we just had a great time getting to know each other, have fun, laugh. I like to laugh, so you know anything that involves laughing or any chance I get to laugh, uh, I'm having a great time. There we go. Alrighty then. So again, as we start to wrap up here again, thank you so much for being on the show, Kiwan. It's just awesome to have you on. Uh, the floor is now yours. So if you have anything you'd like to say to your teammates, the fans, alumni, just anyone in general, the floor is now yours. To my FIU fans, you know, the support, it could be a little stronger this year. I want to say that. And come out 2024, FIU Panthers is going to be different. You know, you're going to get a better and more experienced version of, you know, the FIU Panthers. It's going to be more exciting, more electrifying. And to Coach Mack and all the coaches, Coach Jules, Coach Urkel, Coach Gator, keep doing y'all thing, recruiting. You know what I'm saying? I love what we're doing. I love what we're building here. Just, you know, keep holding on, keep fighting. And pause up. Panthers 2024. There we go. Oh, oh, God. We did this. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. There we go. Oh, we did it. Let's go. All righty. So we'll wrap it up here, Kiwan. Thank you so much. We appreciate you having on. You're one of the first guys we wanted to have on this podcast. So we're, we're, we're glad we were able to get you on. Once again, thank you to Adam Benna from the, pan, uh, from the Blueprint Collective. He was able to set this up for us. So as always, from Jake, from Johnny, from Kiwan, myself, we will see you guys all in a couple weeks. We're going to take a quick break. So we're going out with a huge bang. And instead of pause up, we'll say lights out.